Big game results require big game storytelling. Raise those pinkies because in today's episode, we're breaking down the storytelling that happens in the biggest day of commercials on the planet. Presented by Advertisement. The Duke of Digital will guide you through the rapidly changing landscape of digital marketing, social media, and how to grow your business online. To submit a question for the show, text 323-821-2044 or visit dukeofdigital.com. If you need an expert to fix your ads, the friendly team at Advertise Mint is ready to help. Visit advertisement, that's M-I-N-T, dot com or call 844-236-4686 to grow your business. Here's your host, Brian Miet. I'm really excited because we've got Chase Friedman here today. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's great to have you here. Now, you are the CEO of Vanquish Media Group. That's right. Uh, you guys are doing some big, big stuff. It's incredible as I look through your your um, kind of background. You've had 12, over 12 years working in the film and TV industry. Uh, you produced your first TV series at age 22. Mm-hmm. You've uh, you've recorded or directed over a hundred different commercials or video projects that you've worked on. Um, man, did I miss anything? Uh, hundreds, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of short form content, but uh, those are pretty much the milestones. I've been wor- been blessed to work with a lot of great brands and influencers yep. over the years. Uh, again, coming from a background in traditional media, film and TV, and seeing the migration into digital, and and it is just every day constantly changing. Oh, for sure, for sure. Now, I heard that um, you are a diehard Miami Heat fan. Is that true? You're born and raised from Miami? Born and raised in Miami. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. 305? What? Mr. 305, more like a 954 for those who know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's something I don't get to talk about out here because it's Laker Nation. So uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you gotta, gotta keep it on a little. I gotta wear low. the colors proud. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for better or worse, all all Miami fan. But uh, Dolphins and other folks aren't doing so well. Too. Uh, I love it. I love it. And that that brings us to what we'll be talking about later today, which is some Super Bowl ads. That's right. Um, but also, I I heard a rumor that you have a new daughter. I do new-ish. new-ish I mean, yeah. I guess by context, yeah, twenty months. Um, been wild uh it's, it's it's the biggest challenge of my life but greatest accomplishment so far i uh, mean it's like my greatest creation yeah yeah yeah. Uh, now you have one one daughter i have one daughter okay. um you know my wife would like to multiply that as soon as possible <laughs> but uh it's interesting i was delivering one of the biggest pro- project campaigns we've ever delivered the day my daughter was born uh it was just kind of this massive delivery for a big acer project we can talk about later um and so i like to think that i delivered two babies on, the, no, on that same day nice, nice. Yeah. i love it now we i just had my uh my first daughter uh she's i think five weeks old oh so like yeah you knew well, new, new. yeah what are so, you doing out of the house man that's you know <laughs> i tell you what uh it's like the sleep is is rough uh it's survival you know, you're in survival mode right now it, it really is like i was like man so many of my friends are like babies are wonderful and i'm like man you lied to me like mm-hmm. it's, yeah it, but people will be like it's rough but they don't tell you nah, it's it's rough like it's tough to not i just you know i'm so used to getting sleep and to have it be interrupted right multiple times when you're like oh man all right that's it it's the most precious commodity i mean (laughs) talk to me in another few months when you're out of the kind of the uh the dark space because it's it's all if i try to reflect back on the first say six months it's a little bit just hazy yeah like yeah yeah, i know we got through it i'm not sure how it's weird because everyone you know people do it 
uh, you know, everywhere on planet Earth. <laughs> People are doing it these so days. They're, like, I man, mean... they're able to make it through, but man, <laughs> yeah. there are moments where I feel like I'm you know, decently civilized and can problem solve things. And right. man, you just put a crying baby that won't stop. And within five minutes, I'm just breaking down and be like, what am I doing? But you know what? The thing that you draw back to is, is people have been doing it since yeah. the dawn of <laughs> yeah. the dawn of mankind and with far less resources than we have. So I feel like we overcomplicate things sometimes with a lot of the stuff. Oh yeah. But uh, I just like to think back, all right, people probably slightly less confident than, yeah. <laughs> than what I'm working oh, with. It's, it's so true. It's crazy. The one thing that really surprised me was the baby shusher. It's like a little, like a little oh, yeah, we tried speaker that. thing and you just turn it on. It goes, shh, yeah. shh, but you don't have to say it. And I right. was like, that seems like such a waste until you've done it for like 20 minutes. That's true. And you're like, oh, that's my favorite. Do you have it? I do. Yeah, yeah we got it. it. It creeped my daughter out. So we ended up returning it. Uh, but I thought again, I was like, wait, I'm not going to need a machine to shush for me. Yeah. Like, what kind of age are we living to in? Totally. Uh, I, I, but so it works for a lot of people. I thought the exact same thing. And then sure enough, I was like, oh man, it works. And anything that works, I'm happy with. Yeah. So that's, Welcome uh, back to Baby Talk yes, with Duke of Digital. Exactly. Exactly. Well, man, I, I'm excited because I wanted to have you on the show. Yesterday was a big day in Miami. Yeah. Uh, it was a Super Bowl, which is always a fantastic day. And so, you know, you come from a background of storytelling. Right. Um, and what I wanted to be able to do was to maybe dive in a little bit to kind of your background and your thoughts into the art of storytelling, you know, especially in terms of advertising um, or creating videos that tend to need that need to be short mm-hmm. uh, due to time constraints. And then I love and kind of the, after that to run through the top five uh, Super Bowl commercials and we can do some critiques on them. Does that sound good? Let's do it. All right. So give us a little bit uh, for the listeners out there. Some of the background that how did you get into video? Um, how did you get into storytelling? Um, you know, fill us in on that. Uh, so pretty much, you know, right after college, moved out to LA, you know, chasing that, that proverbial you know, entertainment dream. Nice. Um, I had interned uh, over college, et cetera, through a variety of different production companies out here. Growing up in Miami, there wasn't a lot of access to film and filmmaking. I mean, there is much more now, um, but hadn't stepped foot on a, a set before. So uh, I was kind of going down this road, whether, um, and I, don't, I didn't go to film school either. I went to University of Florida. Go Gators, big Gators fan as well, um, where it was, you know, you go to film school and you go into some sort of, you know, debt, <laughs> you know, paying for that yep. or kind of a little more of that bootstrap approach. Um, and I took the latter. And so I was fortunate enough to uh, hook up and, and work for uh, a pretty prolific director, writer, producer, Dean Devlin, who, who produced uh, and wrote Stargate, Independence Day, Patriot, Godzilla. Uh, a variety of other, you know, big, big blockbusters. And that was kind of my de facto film school. Um, bootstrap, working from the bottom up, uh, starting as kind of a PA, an executive assistant. Yep. The beauty of that was really championing more of an independent mentality towards the studio system. He had come from the studio and had built his own kind of micro studio that was self-deficiting uh, a variety of different series that I had the you know pleasure of working on, Leverage, Librarians, a variety of others. Um, and so it was a really great touch point to be able to see everything, uh, that's required to make great content from, uh, from development, yep. from a blank page, you know, being a fly on the wall in the writer's room to, uh, to prep, to being on set, directing, second unit directing, uh, working with the crew and then every phase of post. So the edit, the color, the mix, the, 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 the final, the everything, it was uh, a really good comprehensive boot camp, if you will. 
Um, so that was my de facto film school. Worked my way up through there. Did a variety of worked on a variety of different features and TV projects. Uh, and then it was time to kind of go and cut my teeth as a director and producer myself. And and I went ahead and worked on a variety of commercials, music videos, short form, long form. Um, and I loved it. Uh, but at that time, seeing the industry really take a major shift, and this was kind of the early iteration of democratization of filmmaking that we know today, the you know proliferation of YouTube, et cetera. Um, and it did a few different interesting things to, to the medium, one of which was it's great to be able to give people the access to create content. Yep. But with that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and, and seeing in a lot of cases, quite frankly, the, the bar being lowered in terms of production value and um, approaching it from a kind of a purist storytelling standpoint. Um, so for me, it was uh, a kind of award as a badge of honor to take everything I had learned and, and nurtured in a traditional medium, film and TV, into the digital space. You know, just because we're producing fast with no budget and at scale, uh, I s still believe you can provide a lot of great value, a lot of great storytelling. And, you know, what I learned over time, obviously, was is that a lot of the same rules apply. I mean, it's just flexing the same sort of muscles, um, whether it's telling stories of characters and worlds and uh, or, or products, yeah. right? Uh, it doesn't what, sound sexy. What but. would you say is generally kind of some of those rules that apply to storytelling, like some of the the guidelines that you are trying to stick with, you know, as you're working on a variety of different projects. I mean, if you have to distill it down, I mean, you know, a lot of it comes down to you know uh, that friction that's in that's it's a, the core of any sort of narrative storytelling, right? Is uh, is drama and conflict, or in the case of you know more commercial advertising, is problem solution. You know, speaking to problems, concerns, issues, needs, wants, desires that are out there in the audience and how does this particular product and or service sort of deliver joy, deliver uh, a valuable solution. Um, you know, what you see in a lot of the big commercials, especially during Super Bowl, a lot of them are more about building brand equity, right? Sometimes you're looking at, you're watching the commercial and you're like, okay, I barely even noticed a product in there. Um, and that's part of branded content and today is, is providing a little bit more of an experience for the for the audience, um, telling a narrative that represents the vibe, the essence, yep. the ethos, the culture of the brand, um, not a hard sell, right? It's it's an experience with light touch branding, just because audiences are so more so much more savvy than they ever were before. It's they can see right through the BS, you know. It's give me something that I can attach and relate to, yep, uh, and I can be you know a consumer for life. Yeah, yeah. At least what the brands are hoping. Um, and, and this is what's incredible is because, you know, it, as we were looking through uh, the Super Bowl ads uh, before we started the show, I mean, there's such a wide range of, you know, videos that are emotional and videos right. that are, they go after humor and videos that are, you know, try to touch on a social topic mm -hmm. and say, hey, we're aligned with this. Um, and it's just fascinating to see the different elements that go into the process of storytelling and what the brands are, are looking to achieve and get out of it. So um, with that, you know, we wanted to, to run through a list. Uh, we picked the top five uh, that Adweek uh, posted, and we'll kind of run through and go from there. So the first one was uh, the Snickers uh, Fix the World ad. And in this ad, it's where, uh, you know, people are kind of singing together, kind of a, what would you say it was a mock of? Kind of a, a little bit of a lift from, you know, a have a Coke and smile campaign, okay, yep, right? Yep, you right. know, togetherness and we're all kind of joining in unity and hands and feel good. I mean, that was the interesting thing running through not only these, but some of the other commercials 
there was this overall sort of theme and trend of nostalgia, right? And this zeitgeist towards the past yep. and towards kind of bringing that back. I mean, I think that's what's what's great about any commercial is whether it's a new brand or an existing brand is um, reflecting back on on moments that that you know uh, are a part of the you know nostalgia, whether it's your family or commercials you used to see on TV. And there's a certain sort of kind of comfort and affinity there. Yeah, yeah. And what I love too is, you know, it's a song, kind of like a song that everyone's singing along with. Right. And they address some of what would be, you know, things that are different in the world today, which would be like, they're like grown men riding on scooters. Yeah. Um, what else do they have in there? I'm trying to think what was the other one oh, that was really funny. Oh, man, it's going to drive me nuts. Um, Oh, there was one more. Hold on. There was, I mean, yeah. Hit there was the uh, the whole kind of uh, ubiquitous, ever listening, like AI. You that's know, right. That's right. Like the, the echo Roomba. and the Roomba and all that. We're not listening to you. That's what it was. You. Yep. And they're like babies named after fruit, right? Um, like or vegetables. So you know, there's a lot of things that they're changing. You know, in the world, you know, right. politicians. Uh, and at the end of it, you know, they walk to. They're like, we dug a big hole. We're gonna throw a Snickers in. And I actually like how they poke fun. And they're like, will it work? And they're like, we don't know. Sure. But. The world's changing, and we think that you know giving it a Snickers would make it uh, a better place. And what I loved about this one was the product is actually, you know, a massive a solution at the end, the and it's like an over exaggeration. Like we're gonna create a giant Snickers bar mm -hmm. and feed it to planet Earth, uh, which I just I it made me smile. And I was like, oh, this is good. This is, I, it really seemed like a good one. They drop it in with a helicopter. Yeah, it's a great send up to like, this has been a campaign for them for quite some time. I mean, have a Snickers and smile. Yeah. They've done it a lot with really well executed. You know, they've done, with, you know, Danny DeVito and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, what is it? Betty White, yep. I think, is in one. Um, and so those are obviously more character based problem solution. I'm cranky, I'm, yep. I'm fussy, I'm irritable, have a Snickers sort of thing. This is more global in nature, which I think was a really good step up for them, especially for the Super Bowl. And, um, and yeah, once again, problem solution. <laughs> World isn't a pretty ugly, yeah. complicated, weird, funky place. Let's solve it with a Snickers. Yeah, no, I, I really like that one. It made me smile. Um, all right, next up, Hyundai Sonata. This is the Smart Pack. Uh, one where you've got uh, several different actors. You've got uh, Chris Evans. Uh, you've got, man, I don't know her name, but the lady from Saturday Night Live. Oh, right. Um, uh, I, don't, I forget her name. Um, but you would know her if you saw her. Yeah. Um, and then John, what's his last name? Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got three of them talking about uh, the the smart park car, which is a Hyundai's feature where you push it and it can park itself. Yep. Uh, but they do it with the Jersey accent. Um, Boston. I, or Boston accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what I loved was, that's right, Boston. Um, what I loved was how much they went back to the feature. Like in, in creative yeah. ways, they kept driving in. Can you, can, you, can you park it here? Can you park it there? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And they go through all these segments. Um all focused around one core feature in a right. fun and creative way. And that's like, that was the brilliance. Cause I had just seen, you just showed it to me this morning. There was a few that I missed last night um, in between grabbing wings and ribs and all that. <laughs> um, this is a brilliant use of, they are heavily leaning on a feature of the product, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that could easily go awry when you're just hitting people over the head over and over with the messaging of the product. But the brilliance is just kind of, once again, the the kind of quaint send up to, you know, a, a hard kind of southeast sort of Boston accent, you know, Paktaka, Havad Yad was great. And it kind of creates this thing where not being from Boston, right, but it's such an iconic accent and, and characters 
I can hear, I can see and imagine people repeating this all the time. Yeah. I mean, that is a memorable phrase. Oh, Kapak, you can do Kapak. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a brilliant mix of, yeah, we're hitting a highlight feature of the product, but we're doing it in a way that's fun and catchy and, you know, it's not salesy. Yeah, no, uh, not salesy at all. And for a car ad, it's something that is is definitely like as you mentioned, memorable. Like you right. could repeat this multiple times, and it just it was a fun, lighthearted um, ad, but it just it reinforced the the feature again and again and again. Yeah, when you can kind of poke fun at yourself a little bit, or have a little bit of you know levity to it, um, especially again, like if you're in Boston. I would imagine, hopefully, you know, you're loving that ad. You got yeah. Big Poppy in there. You've got like all the Boston icons mixed mm-hmm. together, um, and they're going back and forth, ripping on the different. You park it here. You park it there. You park it here. Uh, most of some of them I knew. Some of them I'm assuming are just kind of niche, you know, references to different places in Boston. Yep. Yep. Rachel Dratch. That was her name. I forgot about that. Oh, one. Okay. There you go. There we go. All right. Number three, uh, Amazon before Alexa. So this was the the commercial uh, that had Ellen. Um, in it where uh, she's talking with Porsche uh, Porsche and they're uh, they're talking about what did people do before Alexa right where it then runs through a bunch of uh, you know hu- humorous uh, scenarios uh, where people are asking someone named Alex or Alexandra you know to do a task that we take for granted every day sure what did you think on this one um, again, it's great. I mean, the fact that they're kind of spanning, you know, time and place and, and people and culture, again, that this is extreme nostalgia, right? We didn't live in most of these times, but getting to see a little snippet, a little glimpse of these different periods throughout history when um, hypothetically people would be asking, asking their version of the local Alex, Alexa, Alexi, yep. whatever it may be. It was cute. It was fun. Um, voice assist and AI, as you'll see, was kind of one of the Google ones we'll talk about is just it's just huge it's it's booming i mean it's something that not only just for b2c for consumer use but brands are heavily investing in as well um what can they do to be again part of the more interpersonal lives of their of their customers right yep when they're at home when they're in the car um and it was kind of a little bit of a light touch nod to the new uh, uh alexa car play feature whatever yep. it is with the tape deck at the end of the thing when she's asking to play her favorite song um so it was fun um you got a little kind of Game of Thrones dragon in there, yep, a little Easter yep. egg. They had a lot of, um, it was a lot of different, I think what was interesting is that, you know, all these problems have always existed, right? right? And so they're going back and being able to show fun scenarios of people needed help um, with whatever they're like. I think the first one is she's like, turn the temperature down two degrees right. and the girl, the, the, you know, assistant grabs the log and throws it out the window. Right. Um, it's like, there we go. Um, like, I love that. It, it was able to help reference that people have always struggled with problems or needed help. Yep. And this now Alexa is able to help do all of those today in today's age in a, in a fun sort of way. Yeah. I mean, again, that problem solution orientation, but it's like a first world sort of what we think a lot of times is first world problems yeah. or at least first world contextualized turn the temperature down two degrees. Yep. Right. Versus, oh, it's a bit you know stuffy in here um, and seeing old world solutions to it. Um, is, you know, was really, was really brilliant. What I love is when commercials can bring it back around, like in the, in the commercial, there's a part where they're on the, the, what do you call it? Uh, covered wagon. And right. he's like, play, uh, play a song. And he's in the bottle being like, playing the jug. Yeah, yeah. The jug. 
Um, and at the very end, um, Ellen is like, hey, Alexa, play my favorite song. And the Jug song plays again. Exactly. So it ties back in yep. in that fun sort of, you know, wrapping it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like it when when storytelling can do that. You know, I think when people see that, they're like, ah, oh, it was a nice little touch. Like you wrapped it up and put a bow on top. Yeah, it was a nice little nod. And I think, it, once again, I think knowing that this is hitting millions upon millions of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Amazon is, is trying to figure out a way, you know, market penetration for a lot of people this is still new technology and it's not in the home yet and it's not embraced. And how do you demystify it a little bit, right? How do you make it a little bit more approachable uh, and funny is, is by kind of laughing about it and yeah. seeing scenes from, you know, from history that, you know, uh, all of us have asked and dealt with and, and had requests for and had problems with. And hey, look, you know, it makes life a little easier and you can laugh yeah. along the way, right? So yep. I think taking away the, the, uh, the stigma of what we saw uh, in the other ad where it was like the Roomba and the Alexa listening in, right? The negative stigma yep. around everything's listening and surveillance culture. It's no, no, no. Just have fun. Sit back. Ask her to tell you a joke, your favorite song. It's all groovy. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting because this kind of brings us in to the next one. Uh, and my question here would be, does a Super Bowl ad need to have celebrity star power to be able to get the type of notoriety that it, it needs? No, I mean, as evidenced by this next commercial, yeah. it's a great question. I, I don't think so. I think obviously when you're going right for the jugular and you can get, you know, an Ellen or a Bill Murray, like for the uh, the Jeep commercial, it's great. You know, brand resonance, hey, look who we got sort of thing. Yep. Instantly recognizable. But I think what's a little bit more of a challenge and more worthwhile in the end if it works as evidenced by this next Google commercial, is when you can build a relatable and compelling and emotional story with someone you've never met or heard from before. That's that's really something that is, we're not just paying a few million dollars to get a celebrity to do a voice or do an appearance, but we're showing you a real person as authentically, ideally yeah, as can yeah, be. Yeah. Um, and by the end of it, you feel like that was someone you know, someone you've met, uh, that to me is potent. That's yeah. real good I always find that I like the ones where I don't know anyone because it feels like opening a Christmas present. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, what's going to be at the end? The upside of using, I think, celebrities is you're able to, in a short period of time, align with the type of person yep. and their brand with yours. It's It's a quick way to be able to make that connection of, here's who we are and we're very similar to these or we want these type of people to be in our ads, whether it's popular or beauty or, you know, famous musicians or celebrities, like you can make that connection very quickly. Yeah, it's, you're exactly, there's, they're already kind of in the known kind of culture and zeitgeist. So, you know, there's sort of persona. It's definitely more aspirational in nature Mm -hmm. of an approach. So if I'm watching Ellen, it's like, oh man, I love Ellen. She's great. You know, I want to, I want to kind of have the same, you know, feeling is here when I pop into the car and ask her to play my favorite song or whatever it may be. So it's kind of a quick, almost uh, growth hack, if you will, into yeah. the commercial. Like yeah. you immediately recognize the, the person and the persona, you know, kind of what they're all about. And now it's about just kind of delighting in them being them. Yeah. Right. Versus the other side of things um, is a little bit more of kind of this authentic journey and building that relationship with the unknown. Um, so, yeah, I think Google did a really nice job with this Loretta commercial. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. So the, the next one is the Loretta one, just as you mentioned. Now this is where 
you know, it goes through and Google, this is not, there's no, um, celebrities in this one. Um, this is yep. a straight commercial, uh, through it, it, you know, they said it was the biggest tearjerker of the night, which basically walks through a story of, uh, an elderly man talking to Google being like, remind me about this and these moments and show me a photo. Um, and, and this one was, was very powerful cause it's very, not a lot of visuals. Um, very clean, very simple, uh, maybe a little bit slower than most yep. Super Bowl commercials generally are, which is how do we pack all the biggest things into 30 seconds? Um, this one was, you know, again, kind of counterculture to that, uh, much slower, very clear in terms of what they're trying to do or the story that they're trying to tell, which is of this man who's trying to remember um, the love of his life. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think they did a really brilliant approach. There, there's just such a huge market opening up for kind of uh, you know voice uh, and AI automation, especially in kind of the elderly care space. Mm. Um, so that's kind of a big demo that you know I think any of these brands, Alexa, Google, are are starting to nod and tip their hat to about not just early adopters and millennials, right? But how can we kind of Think about a little bit deeper market penetration you know people that we would last think of adopting a technology like this and the elderly right yeah to not only for remembering things but for assisting in you know daily tasks um, and i think that's something that you're going to see more of over time with this becoming a little bit more commonplace in the home not just for families and younger generations but the elderly yeah. in terms of assistance and voice assistance and so this was a beautiful way, an eloquent way of presenting that mm -hmm. while still pulling on the heartstrings of anybody and everyone, right? Imagine, hey, I want to get this from my grandpa, you know, so he doesn't forget grandma, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that it used, you know, someone that is just a story of, of a man. So it could be anyone. Anybody. It isn't, you know, uh, you know celebrities or anything like that. So it's, it's very um, simple in that way. And number two, man, it goes after you know, someone that's probably, you know, you can assume is it further along in their life. Mm -hmm. um, and they're wanting to remember back of the moments of love, their favorite movies together, Travel. their travels yeah. together, all those memories, which are, I would imagine at the end of someone's life, the, their, their riches, like that is their wealth, is yep. the memories that they've shared. And so Google just did such a good job of going into that point and being like, what's really important to you in life, we help you be able to remember that. Um, and we help you to, to store what is important. Um, it was really, yeah, it was really poignant. That's a great point you bring up because it's, it's easy. And a lot of brands, as you see, go for the humor, mm -hmm. right? They go for the laugh. They go for the levity. I mean, we're watching, we're in the midst of watching football, right? So how can we break up that, that intensity? Um, it's a lot riskier and harder to execute it properly on the emotional side and pull heartstrings, yeah, yeah. especially when there's a million things going on. You're getting food, you're, you're doing, taking breaks. And I know when I was sitting watching it with with you know family, it's one of those commercials you have to sit and listen and watch end to end. And yep. just watching it again with you before the show gave me a whole different context up because you come in midway and you're like, what is the text on screen? Is it a text thread? Is it a Google? You know, um, this requires you to lean in, but I think trusting the process and trusting the fact that they were trying to do something a little bit disruptive, a little bit more serious, um, hopefully pays off because I think this is something that can be, you know, viral and shareable and conjure feelings of family. Yeah. Have, wanting to think back of whether it's your life or grandma or uncle or whoever it may be. That's such a great point because 
you know, in the process, I, I've attended many Super Bowl parties, and there's some that, you know, last night I was with the baby, and so it was quiet, and I was able to watch, and that's where I, at I that saw moment this it one. Was. <laughs> yeah, at that moment it was exactly, um, and so I was able to catch this one. And I was like, oh man, like you know, I can feel myself like starting to tear up, and like, oh, it's a beautiful commercial, and so for one, you're able to get that emotional, you know, element out of it within a couple, you know, thirty seconds. On the flip side, I've been to Super Bowl parties where there's people everywhere. And, you know, you can barely pay attention as people are talking and the minute the game's done, everyone's up and moving around right. and there's that that low hum. So, you know, knowing kind of what that audience is, it's a risk to be able to go the slow emotional route because there is generally noise with most people in the rooms while they're watching the Super Bowl. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. I mean, again, trusting that process of a lot of a lot of these brands are going right for the, you know, like I said, for the jugular. Yeah, yeah. When I see, you know, Ellen or Bill Murray or John Krasinski or whoever may be right in front of screen, I'm looking, I'm tuning in, I'm engaged. Yep. I know who they are. There's recognition there versus I'm seeing otherwise pretty kind of niche esoteric photos of a couple that I've never seen before and a couple of different text threads. Um, that's expensive real estate to buy yeah. on TV and if people are missing it. But I think Google and rolling this type of campaign out, knowing it's going to have leg or hoping it's yep. going to have legs, um, I think was was really special. Yeah, yeah. It's I, fascinating because you know on the Facebook ad side, which is what we work a lot with, right. um, a lot of times you can have incredible videos and you only have one to two seconds before someone scrolls by yep. it. So yep. if if it isn't if there isn't an element that can capture their attention right off the bat, amazing videos can get passed over. Yeah. Um, and people are just like, oh, that's it, and, and they're gone. So All the it's time. it's a tough challenge to be how do you do, you know, very artistic storytelling while also catering to a generation of, you know, I'm going Scrolling, through I'm going through content and, yeah. is like a, a Well, cuz think about it, you you know, games paused and or, or you know, it's 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 during a commercial break and you know, there's a good chance maybe you're watching the commercials on TV cuz you know, oh, it's Super Bowl I got to watch yep. and a lot of folks are just right back up down on their phones scrolling updates and tweets and all this kind of stuff. So again, Super Bowl so much about brand resonance and equity getting in people's minds and hearts and all that. Um, because it's the Super Bowl and yep. people are watching and just being having a spot there is such a feather in your cap. Mm -hmm. But in terms of engagement, you know, I'm sure it can go uh, every which way. Whereas, like to your point, we run a lot of Facebook ads as well. And when you see that drop off after the first few seconds, it's like, missed them. Yeah, for sure. You know, I saw a guy one time give a presentation um, and he did a lot of YouTube videos on these kind of social issues or social experiments where he would do. Um, and what he would show as he was running through some of the data was the amount of people that would come back and be like, this story resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And so what he said was the comments that he would get were incredible, meaning it wasn't just like, wow, what a good video. Someone would write like three paragraphs of like, man, this reminded me of my father. And, you know, and they would go into the story and then other people would be like, oh, here's my story, too. Yeah. So it, it touched a deeper nerve. Um, or it resonated with people at a, at a more, a deeper level. I mean, he was like, this is incredible. He didn't expect that. Cause he was like, we were just trying to do a, a social experiment to see what would happen. Um, and I always found that fascinating that, you know, I, th I think sometimes when you go deep, you have the ability to resonate with people or to. 
Yeah, it's 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 a really effective drug if you can if you yeah, can tap oh, in the right sure. way. I mean, look, buying and, and buying and, and anything is an emotional experience, right? It's an emotional decision. I feel I believe it's harder to do, but I believe if you can kind of sink in and pull heartstrings and and have an emotional resonance, uh, it's going to be longer lasting and more uh, more akin towards converting towards I'm going to buy or or, or use or try a product from this brand yep. with now that I have an emotional connection to it versus kind of a laugh right or a joke. Um, although that car park is pretty pretty <laughs> pretty wicked. Nice. All right, so we're back to the the final one now. Uh, this is what Ad Week ranked as the number one ad, uh, which is the Jeep, the Groundhog Day, uh, where uh, it is a commercial of Bill Murray uh, reliving uh, what looks like scenes from the movie Groundhog right. Day, right. but this time uh, with the Jeep. You know, what were your thoughts on this one? I mean, to me, I love Bill Murray, love Groundhog Day, great, bravo, but I don't know if this is number one. I mean, this is – it's not – all t- t- terribly original, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Jeep and I think I think he was driving a Jeep or she or the love interest was driving a Jeep in the original or something like that. Okay, yeah. Maybe that was a time, I, I forget. But again, Bill Murray being Bill Murray, repeating all the same steps and cadence with, you know, the Groundhog, uh, talk at Phil uh, of Groundhog Day. It's fun. It's levity. It doesn't, clearly doesn't, you know, touch too much on the product features of the car itself, yep. right? Other than it's flashing and oranges and doing donuts in the snow. To me, I'd, I like a little bit more of we're going to do something truly and holistically original. You yep. know, Google's approach was really great. Um, you know, some of the others that are bringing in new characters and new stories and new elements. I don't know. I just give them a little a little extra kudos, a little extra brownie points. I agree 100%. And I think it was last year. It was last year or the year before, but Jeep did uh, one with um, Jurassic Park uh-huh. where the dinosaur was – and so, you know, seeing this one now, I'm like, do they just – is their approach – just go to a popular movie and find a way to put our Jeeps in it. It's, I mean, look, it's a pretty easy approach, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure the agency loves it because they get to pitch something that's, you know, think of a cool idea. Oh, wouldn't it be great if we got Bill Murray and did a Groundhog Day send up? Sure. Okay. Well, let's just, how do we work that? Let's just repeat the scenes over and over and over and having him do crazy stuff in a Jeep. Um, super expensive, yeah. right? Uh, to recreate and get all those original actors back in, 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 in Bill. Um, in different scenes, whereas imagine what the cost of of that Google ad was. I mean, you're just yeah, talking oh, yeah. digital assets. There's no actors. Yep. There's no there's no actual production. Um, you're just pulling in archival photos and some text on screen. Um, and yet, to me, I, I'm going to remember that one far more. The other thing, and I don't see the, any of them on here. There was a lot of kind of give back themes going yes. on in brand commercials. Yes. Last night. Um, and that was really cool. One I remember was, I, I believe, I don't know if it was Michelob or something. It was you buy a six pack and they will grant six, six cents for six to grow square organic. acres or something like, or square, square feet for organic farming. Yeah. Right. Like those are cool. And again, knowing the type of age that we're growing up in and what does the brand stand for and represent yep. and what are they doing for the, the overall kind of experience and consciousness? That's something a little bit fresh and unique as well. Yeah, yeah. There was another one by Microsoft that had um, Katie Sowers, which was um, she's an assistant coach, I think, on one of the teams. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and it was that she was like, I love football growing up, and it was kind of her story mm-hmm. of um, here's you know I loved it, but you know I, I wanted I eventually got to where I could work in football, and this is incredible. And I and, and it was for the Niners who were playing, so yeah. there's a great tie in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, it was fantastic, um, you know, commercial in terms of, 
you know, believing in your dreams, going after what you're doing. And I think people can resonate. I, mean, I think it just resonates. Like anytime, I think anytime people hear a story, they look to how they could relate with that story. Mm -hmm. Would you think that's that's true? Oh, absolutely. People want to see a part of themselves in mm -hmm. this, in, in whether it is a celebrity and it's a little bit more of that aspirational kind of reach. Like yep. I love what they represent versus someone who's, a, you know, an every, an every person, right? Someone mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I feel like there's a little gl glimpse of me in there and I've got a dream that I'm fighting for. Um, that's a little bit more in close proximity. Um, and I, to me, I love stories like that where it's ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah. Were there any ads that you didn't like or that you saw that were like, oh man, I, that one wasn't, uh, wasn't a good fit. Um, that's kind of right off the bat. A good question. What did, uh, I don't want to call anybody out. I mean, I'm trying to think see, there was I, like the Olay commercial. There was the Cheetos commercial. I know the F nine commercial for fast oh, night. It yeah. seemed like it like, had a, a weird what? song to it. Like it, it didn't seem like the song matched up with any of the clips. I was just as I was watching, I was like, it "Did some they put the wrong song right over the top um, of it?" The Post Malone fun w was fun. I thought that was kind of fun with just his brain, where he's they're saying which one to go with. Yeah, it was kind of a little bit of uh, what's the Pixar film uh, in, uh, uh, Inside Out. Inside Out, yeah. right? Yeah, had a little bit of that vibe to it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there was certain brands there that I think. You know, it's it's kind of we're putting an ad out there just to kind of get back into. Oh, P and G, that was interesting. I don't know if you noticed the P and G one. They did a mashup of all their different all brands, their, all their brands together. Yes. Um, I mean, they just dove right in, and it's like overt product placement and appearance, any way they can get it with all their different kind of characters that represent their different mm -hmm. brands. Um, okay, it's an efficient way to get all your brands in the mix and give them some love for yep. Super Bowl. There wasn't really anything unique storytelling about that. I think it was like uh, a friend was bringing over a pot of chili and it goes up in the air and the fan hits it and sprays everywhere. And, oh, you got Mr. Clean and you've got, mm -hmm. you know, the bounty guy. And it's kind of like, where's the story there? Where's the character? What's, you know, I'm not, I, for me, it wasn't as relatable. It was just more a, uh, just a gratuitous appearance from multiple sure. brands They're stuck like, into hey, a commercial. We got 20 brands into a commercial. Yeah. This is great. Hey, Sophia Viraga, look at her, you know. There's definitely a financial guy uh, behind that one being like, this is a great option. This is a great ROI on this <laughs> yeah, one. You sure. know, we're going to tap multiple brands and at least one of them will win <laughs> off the weekend. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Well, as we, as we get close to kind of wrapping up, would you have any advice for other um, people that are out there that maybe don't have that Super Bowl budget, but want to create ads that have a powerful story, uh, or that could resonate with, with their consumers. Hell yeah. I think, um, to me, less is more. And we try and embrace that what we do at Vanquish. It's coming from an independent, uh, film and production background. There's never enough time, never enough budget, and you really got to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty. So thinking critically about how do you tell the best story, whether it's in the shortest amount of time mm -hmm. with the fewest amount of resources. Um, and I think that really spurs the best creativity sometimes when there's really tough constraints around something. Um, I remember I did a film festival competition a while back. It was like a 24-hour film fest to develop, write, shoot, edit, et cetera. And that was, those are such liberating experiences when you put real constraints around something um, it forces you to be not only uh, uh, creative and nimble and agile with an idea, but resourceful. Um, and sometimes a lot of these, when you can throw millions upon millions of dollars at something, 
it's easy, but it's not really forcing you to come up with the best, most compelling, edgy, never thought of before idea. So, um, you know, we, we work a lot right now with a lot of uh, independent filmmakers and storytellers and content creators trying to help them cut through this white noise of content, whether it's big budget stuff or, or just content in general. Yeah. We're living in an age where it's just white noise. Um, how do you kind of find and discover and engage and activate your audience? Um, because there, there's communities and groups that are going to tune into a variety of different things you have to say. So know who your audience is, know who you're speaking to, know what your message is, the kind of solution or the, the story you're trying to convey. Um, it doesn't have to look, it doesn't have to be produced on a big budget or a big camera. If it's real, if it's authentic, it's raw, a little bit self-deprecating maybe, Yeah, yeah. it's going to stick. Oh, I love the the fact that you said you know your audience. And then two, you know, I think most people would look at maybe their restraints as you know, a negative or a limiting factor, but a hundred percent, you know, the number of times I've seen a well expensive produced video outperformed by a video that someone shot with a cell phone that was, they were just trying to be funny. That doesn't look or feel like an ad. And I'm, I look at the numbers on the back end. I'm like, this is incredible. Um, where it can flip, uh, and, and be able to, the, the other one does much better, uh, is incredible to be able to see that. So I think a lot of times knowing, uh, that those restraints can be a, a fantastic asset yeah. in terms of time and money. Um, and, and the Google example is a great example. Yeah, of, absolutely. I would imagine if you could look at the budgets behind each one of these, right. I would imagine that one is probably one fiftieth of what some of the I other mean, ones were. I mean, it's a fraction. I mean, knowing that it's Google and there's an agency behind yeah. it, I'm sure they found ways to, you know. I think they did it in-house. Is Did they really? It, what well, they've got an in-house agency, which is which is yeah. great. I mean, look, good for them then. Yeah. Um, and that's brilliant. And and that just goes to show Google, one of the wealthiest companies in the world, doesn't have to break the bank to do it. You can do that at home. Um, and so imagine the possibilities of don't look at what else is out there as, as, as a competition. Mm. Look at what you can do to disrupt that, right? Look what you know. I mean, it's always, you know, write what you know. Tell the stories you know. Um, what resonates with you? Audience test it with your family, with friends, with people you don't know, with people on the street. Um, and again, back to knowing your audience, you know, what is the tone? What kind of chords, emotional or, or comedic you're trying to strike? Um, yeah, I don't think budget should, you know, it, it's certainly a factor, but it's something that I believe the less you have sometimes, you just have to squeeze every last drop out of that to get yeah. some, some gold. Yeah, oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Chase, for being here today on the show. Um, and guys, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Duke of Digital podcast with Brian Meert. Want to network with other business owners? Join our exclusive group at facebook.com slash groups slash Duke of Digital. Fancy the Duke? Leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and you could be mentioned on the show. The Duke of Digital was produced by Advertise Mint and recorded in Hollywood, California.